The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! Cowboys! Let's go, baby! Are you ready for a break? Uh, yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman. David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. It is Tuesday, December 7th, 2021, Season 17, Episode number 73. Welcome to the latest edition of The Break Live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. Got Nick and Dave here with me. Amber's out today, but we'll be talking some Cowboys football with you guys here. On the break, we got a lot of different topics we're going to hit. We also want to hear from you. You can call us, 888-855-2297. Again, 888 888- 855-2297, and uh, we'll take your calls throughout the show. Let's start first with uh, Jerry Jones and his uh, time this morning with 105.3, the fan. Really not anything that was that was terribly enlightening during that call, but there were a couple things I thought were worth discussing. He did mention, he was asked specifically about um, about Dak and Dak's health and, and whether he's completely healthy. And we've talked about it on the show that we didn't necessarily think Dak was playing at his best. And Jerry said something that I thought was really interesting. And, and, and it always is a, it's kind of a cautionary tale for me because it's easy when you see a, a, an errant throw to always assume the quarterback is off. But I think what Jerry did was remind all of us that the receivers in this instance, in a lot of these instances, it could be the receiver that's not in the right place. What were your thoughts about his comment? Yeah, I think that's that's the comment that's going to make the rounds in this in this round of the Jerry news cycle, I guess. I mean, a lot of people, and I think the way that he worded it, I don't think you can disagree. Like, kind of threw the receivers under the bus. Like, he didn't say. The communication's been off. Dak and his receivers need to get on the same page. He was like, the receivers need to run. I, th- he was, I think the direct quote is, they need to run crisper routes. Like, they need to mm-hmm. do a better job running routes, being where Dak wants them to be. Um, so, again, it's not that's not a very balanced critique. That's <laughs> putting a lot of blame on the receivers as opposed to the quarterback. Um, but I think we've been saying that for a few weeks is – Part of this whole thing is that the communication between Dak and his receivers has been off. Now, maybe that's more on the receivers than Dak, who really knows unless you're in those meetings. But I agree. that's They've been sloppy. The, I mean, I, the, the perfect example that I've talked about a lot already is the fourth and two in New Orleans. Schemed it up as beautifully as you could want. CD walks into the end zone if it's a complete pass. And for whatever reason... Dak and CD were not on the same page about where that ball was supposed to be. And that's kind of been emblematic of a lot of their struggles. I, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I don't know who's running the wrong route or, the, you know, the, the, the pass being right or wrong. I mean, I, I know that he's paid $140 million or $160 million for Dak. So, you know, he's going he's gonna to definitely defend Dak without a doubt um, there. And so, you know, I, I, but who knows? It, it, like you said, that play right there, I mean, I look at it. I mean, I put that on Dak, but but it could be he CD was could be completely in the wrong spot or didn't have didn't turn the right way. So you know, it's hard to ever know that. That's why these grades sometimes can be tricky because you just don't know what the assignment is. Um, I mean, we watch the games. We know Dak's not playing great. I mean, not not as great as we've seen. We've seen him play better than well, that. Well, but I, I think that's the part where I started. It can't kind be of, the receiver every single time. Well, what what I don't know is over these last three weeks. He's been dealing with receivers that are not his primary receivers right. in roles maybe that they aren't accustomed to being in. It's very different when you're the third guy and now you're the second guy or whatever the case might be. There, there is That to me sounds a lot more plausible than, than all of a sudden Dak has fallen off. It seems more plausible to me that maybe it is a, it is a communication issue. And as we know, if you watch the game, a lot of time the ball comes out of the quarterback's hands as the receiver's making a, a cut or before they even make the break sometimes. And and that, to me, if the timing is off, if a guy is one or two yards different than where they're supposed to be, it's going to be an incompletion. That seems more plausible to, plausible to me, knowing what they're dealing with these last few weeks at receiver, than all of a sudden Dak's having this great season and then all of a sudden he's not. Yeah, I mean, it, all of these things are true. That's And I, it makes maybe it makes for boring radio, but that's what I always say is – 
that's that's what I always say is like the, these it's it's more than just one thing or the other. And I kind of laugh. There's an irony to the thought that like, well, Dak doesn't have his guys. The, the starters are hurt. And that's totally true. I said this this morning. For all we talk about the pass rush and the guys that they haven't had available, Dak hasn't had his primary three receivers available for more than a game, really, this year. Like, right when Gallup was ready to come back, that's when Amari Cooper got COVID, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But but then, at the same time, why did we spend all that time talking about the Dak yard? I mean, that was the point, is that we've gotten time on task with everybody. Cedric Wilson and Noel Brown have been in the lab just as much as everybody else, so... Uh, that feels like a convenient excuse to fall back on when things aren't going your way. Having said that, I do think I think there's something to that. I think it's I think it's both. Um, I've I've said this a few times too. Go watch the New Orleans game. Go look at how many times C.D. Lamb didn't seem like he knew what the call was or what the alignment was. I mean that was that happened five times on Thursday night. Is that Dak or is that Lamb? Maybe it's a little bit of both. Um, so they, I mean, across the board, I think they all just need to get on the same page. Yeah, I mean, this this is, I don't know if this happens every year about this this little lull here, uh, or it's not a lull, but it's like right here at the end of November. I mean, there's just there's some craziness to the schedules and everything. I mean, like if they were on the same page through everything that that happened, then they would never practice. You you don't need to practice if you if you were just completely fine with the fact that you oh now you're virtual now you're not now you lose your head coach now you, you you're doing this oh Terrence Steele's the starter I mean I I was just writing the story on the offensive line and it's like oh my god like what the hell's going on, going on at right tackle well it's been five games here but then Collins came back but then he didn't start because then Terrence Steele had six games and he was still playing well but then uh, Tyron got hurt so he slid over here but then he came back and he and he he, he took Lyle's spot again but then he had COVID then he left and now he's back and now they're both going to play I mean that's just one position I mean that's happening a lot and so there there nothing's been steady on the receivers from the O-line Dak's calf Zeke's in and out he's banged up I mean so there, I'm not. It's not excuses. That's the fact. I just laid it all out there. If you call that excuse, that's fine. But the, the, this team hasn't, you know, they're not like clicking on all cylinders. That that's one of the reasons why. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about the uh, the the right tackle position. This is another thing that Jerry talked about when he was on with Sean and RJ. Um, he said that. Uh, this was interesting. They asked him the question, who's going to start? Bluntly, who's going to start a right tackle? He said, well, both of them will play, and both of them will play a lot. And here was the part that was interesting to me. He said, you know, they, they, if they decide to go with, with a big package to run, you know, we could, we could maybe see, you know, some of that. And it made me start thinking, you know, is this kind of a replacement for what they were doing with McGovern? Mm-hmm. Now that they have Connor Williams in that role, we saw some of Connor Williams' work back there in the backfield. It wasn't great. Um, no. I, I think as he ran through the hole, he kind of missed a guy or didn't even figure out where he was supposed to be going, who he was supposed to block. If he had the ball, maybe he would have scored. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But that all being said, it does make me wonder if they say, hey, we got Steele and Lyell. They are both better options if you're going to have an additional offensive lineman on the field than putting Connor Williams out there. What do you guys think? Well, I think you know Jerry has said this some things before about who's going to start, and you could just tell it didn't help. Then Mike McCarthy didn't really love it. Yeah, I think Mike McCarthy would rather him just say who was going to start than to say that they might do, do a both? jumbo package out there and let him be the, I the, same the tight yeah. end. But you know, it's also about the matchups too. Yeah. Um, now. Washington is kind of like the Cowboys. I mean, they've lost both of their defensive ends, and but it, is one not, might be back this well, week. Well, Sweat maybe. I, I thought I saw somewhere the Sweat might be back this week, but that was these were fans talking, test. so I don't know if that's well. I mean, accurate. you know, that's a big deal because he he's Reggie White when he plays against the Cowboys. Last year. Honestly, he's a really year. like I know that that the other guy is like the all time you know whatever. But Montez Sweat, if you watched him play, he's just as disruptive. He, he was, is a problem. He was a killer for the Cowboys. Yeah, but Not just against the Cowboys, yeah. just in general. He's a really good player. You know, I asked Kellen Moore yesterday in the conference call, and he basically was just like, well, nothing from last year matters because nobody was playing in those games. Yeah. You know, they didn't have Lyell. They didn't have Tyron. They didn't have Zach Martin for all they but one. They, they didn't have Zach Martin at guard. Yeah. He played one series at tackle. They didn't have Dak in any of those games. And then Washington has some different group as well. But, I mean, they're still playing really well, Washington is. So um, I just think it might be a matchup thing to put, you know, Steele – or Collins, I don't know who's going to start. Honestly, um, you know, it, it sounded like the last time they were both healthy, Steele started, right? Kansas True. City, mm-hmm. yeah. 
but then Collins played pretty well against the yeah. against the Saints. And but it's not like you can't lose your job for being out for other reasons. Like that's how happens. All that's how time. Lyle ended that's up losing his job. So you know it it happens. It is what it is. Yeah, I yeah. mean they're not that much better than each other. If they were, then and Jerry said that he said they're the same player, and I was like, that's an interesting. No, comment. he. he, he he didn't say that. You don't think that's no, what he said? No, 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 no. I, I, I thought that, and I was actually transcribed. I don't think he said that. What did he say? He said they're the same player whether they start or they they come into What's the game. What's the difference? I thought you were saying that they're the same guy. Like they're like he's graded a sixty three. No, but I'm saying the way you just said that. What's the difference between the two? Tell me the difference. I think what he was saying was they're both the same if they start. Or they don't. They both can come in and be the same player. Right, but that's what I'm saying. That means they can play to the same level. Does that not mean I that they're the same? The I don't see the difference there. Okay. No, tell me. I mean, well, I'm, I thought I'm you were saying. He said they're the same player. Now, now, obviously, they are graded very similar, or that we wouldn't be in this situation. Mm-hmm. He said that, and he kind of paused, and then he kept talking. What he was saying was that both Steele and Collins. Play exactly the same whether they start or they come in as a backup. Right. Okay. You're saying okay, so that's what he said. What's the difference between that? and— It doesn't matter if you if the three of us are confused. Everyone else. Is too. <laughs> okay. All right. Let's Just move sure. on. All I've right. heard I've heard from people who weren't speaking on the record that yeah. they don't think the There's difference is, or if there is a difference, it's not appreciable. Yeah. And to Nick's point. We wouldn't be having this debate if they thought so. Yeah, so they can't figure it exactly out. But right. you know what? It, it, with, with Tyron situation on the other side, you just stick through it. I mean, yeah. it's not like it's hurting really anything. I just, I, I don't like it. Just, what? Just what don't you like? I mean, it, we're, it's like we're talking about two, like when you got two bad quarterbacks, and you're like, well, mm-hmm. can we go back to, like, kind of? I mean, Philly's trying to create a controversy up there. Like, well, should Minshew keep going? And well, maybe Hurts needs to come back. It's like, can we just make a decision? I just and maybe maybe they've got some grand plan. Like maybe they aren't confused at all. But like, it just looks like they're afraid to make a decision to me. Like at a position where all I've ever heard my whole life is that like best five continuity is important. Just stick with a guy and go, and that's not what they're doing. Yeah. Well, and part I, of that it drives is, me crazy. Part of that they they haven't I know. been able to. It, they haven't been able to. Their control. Yeah. Sure, but we just from week to week. And you're right. Steel probably. I mean, Steel would have started in New Orleans if I he'd been so, healthy. Yeah. So. Put him back in there, or 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 whatever. Or don't. don't. I just what whatever. <laughs> just no. make a decision. I'm honest. I'm tired. I'm gonna. I'm sitting in AG seat. I'm gonna say an AG thing. I'm. I'm tired of talking about it. I, yeah. I have <laughs> lost the potential to care because I'm just over it. I'm yeah. just like whatever. I'm yeah. bored. I'm bored by this weird tackle. Now, controversy. He did say something else that I don't know if we believe, but I mean, he said that contract status doesn't matter. <laughs> About anything, the question I think was more about it was Zeke about and the Paul. running backs, yeah. But it does come come into play. He said, "No, at this juncture in the season, you play the best guy." Now, I believe that I I do too. I do too. So here's what I would do: right tackle. I'm starting Lyle. That's my guy. He's he's. I think he's playing better now. I think that he him and, and Zach Martin they, they'll they'll be fine. Tyron, I never know what's going on with him. If something happened with Tyron. The, the the option would be Steele. Mm-hmm. So Steele's the younger guy. Let him. He's going to do a swing tackle anyways. Now he plays a little bit of tight end. He comes in. If he, something happens, left tackle, he's the guy. Because if you make him at right tackle and then something happens, Tyron, you got to move everything around. And they've just said there's not that much of a difference. Mm-hmm. That being said, I'm keeping Lyle at right tackle and moving uh, Terrence Steele, whatever. That's Fine. what I would I, I'm, yeah. with, I'm with you. If I said, if, if I said we'll go with, you know, we'll bring back um, – Rob Petiti to play right tackle at this point. You just seem like you'd be like whatever. <laughs> Kurt Vollers, like anybody, just go. No, I think I think I like your I like your plan. I do like your All plan. Right. No, but I think the proof's in the pudding with regard to to what he said about the contracts because we wouldn't be having this debate about the tackles if if they really went with the contracts, right? Again, I don't think it's just about the contract. I think they're looking for the guys going to give them best chance. That to clause at this point in the year is really important, though. And again, that's what I said yesterday. Is like that's fine. Play the guy who thinks you're going to going to give you the best chance, but you can't deny that it presents you with decisions to make in yeah. the off season if you go with Steele over Collins. If yeah. it, let's just forget football for a second. Let's just say this was going to just be like four guys coming over here. And there's just going to be a fist fight. 
Okay. It's just that's what it was. It's not a football game. It's LC is like one of my first five picks on the whole team. I'm taking LC. Mm-hmm. He's he's leading the way. Mm-hmm. Okay. He's the get off the bus guy if we're in a fist fight. Mm-hmm. Um Playing against Washington with the way that they're playing and the way that they have to have that this they will be almost buried if they don't win this game. Mm-hmm. That's going to be a fist fight, mm-hmm. and I want LC out there. Nothing against Terrence Steele; he might throw some hands too. He's got some good length and reach, but uh, I want LC out we, there. We've heard them say it multiple times. He is the enforcer on this well, offensive line. Lyle enforce. So if if that's the case, then you're right, and that's this kind of game. This is the kind of player you want on the field. Let's get a phone call before we take our first right. break. We got a call from Steve in Mississippi. Steve, what up? How's how y'all doing? Good. How are hey. you? I love the show, and I, I guess I'm a little starstruck here. A second, so bear with me, uh, Nick, um, Derek, David. Man, you guys are killing it. I love the show. Great content, day in and day out. Um, like I said I'm just a little starstruck. Can't believe I'm talking to you guys. But uh, <laughs> and we got we got a question for you when it's over. I got a question for you when you're all done right. with your question. All right, man. All right. Well, look, my question I guess is around. Really coaching, all right? So I just get the vibe there's a different chemistry with this team this year. And I guess, um, Nick and Dave, you guys are a little bit closer, you know, the locker room. You know, with in the past, I guess, with, with Garrett, you know, at this time of year, we're, we're in a little rough patch right now. But, I mean, going into this time of year, I just get the diff, I get a vibe that we're going we're gonna to work through that. I mean, with personnel, it seems like we put the best players in the field. There's not, you know, like a, a loyalty factor that I felt like we had with Garrett. Mm-hmm. I just want to get your input. What, what do you guys think um, is going on there? Do you get the same feeling? Can we overcome some of those issues? I feel real good going to these, these last five games. I just think we're going to we get some guys back. I think we're going to overcome some of the things we've, we've hit and making a good playoff run. I want to get your thoughts on that and, Nick, right. I'll take your question. <laughs> I, hey, you, you said you're from Mississippi. I mean, is it is it the Rebs or is it State? Star Vegas, baby. I'm Let's go. Oh. <laughs> well, then you, then you'll probably get a better answer from Dave. Then you'll get a much better answer now than you would have maybe a, a few seconds ago. I can't. Oh, man. No. Thanks for the call, though. We appreciate <laughs> you, Steve. Thanks, appreciate man. it. Hey, yeah, Hell State. I mean, I can't hold my grudges against the stranger, but yeah, it's <laughs> good, good choice there, Hail State. Uh, we, we've talked about this before. I, we, we that that dream scenario, or, or not, a hypothetical, where you're on this date with someone, and she's like, "Oh yeah, I love Ole Miss," and you're like, "Oh gosh, I, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't, it wouldn't get to a date." It wouldn't get to a date. You check that out. You'd already you have that figured out. That's an auto swipe left in the dating app. <laughs> I, I'm not kidding. Y'all are laughing. I'm not. Like Bama, Bama, I can make it work. Ole Miss, I'm sorry. You're done. I'm out. I'm not doing. <laughs> All it. right. Um, you know, we can talk about that off the air. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm sure there's a great story there. Um, you know, to answer the question, I mean, it's it's not an easy answer. You know, the, those are one of those things that it's chemistry. It's, it's, it's up there with leadership and things like that. It's hard to, to kind of see and quantify. But I'll say this. Based off of last year, I mean, it's chemistry has – you know, COVID is, is, is affecting all kinds of chemistry. I mean, it's been really tough, and, and especially when you're trying to establish a coaching staff and a team and all of these things. Um, some teams did it better. and You know, first-year coaches did it better than they did last year. I get it. But – I agree. There, it does seem a little bit different. It does, and I think it's more of the players. I really do. I think it's the leadership and the players, and I think the guys really buy in. It's hard to have leadership. I'll say this. I said a thousand times. You can have guys that get up there and talk and speak and all that. They better be damn good players. If they're mm-hmm. not, then it doesn't hold anything, and I think they've got them. And I think the the thing about that is when you look at and you I don't know most of you guys have probably watched uh, Sounds of the Sideline. It's a piece we do mm-hmm. every week where you, where you get a chance to see and hear what players are saying on the sideline during games. And one of the interesting things about that is I've noticed that as the season goes on, if the offense is on the field and the defense is on the sideline, when the offensive guy makes a play, the defensive guys are like, oh, that dude's just a beast. Like, they believe that when they, the other unit is on the field, like, you have the offensive guys talking about Micah, and they're yeah. like, oh, my God. So when, when you have really good players across your team, then I think it breeds a certain level of confidence, not just in your yeah. own abilities, but in the abilities of the rest of your team so that you know – Hey, if we have a little mistake, our defense can pick us up. On defense, if we if we can get them the ball, they're going to go score. Like that's what I think the chemistry is is they believe in one another. They know they got players. They know they're good. Yeah. It's just a matter of them then going out and actually executing it. 
Yeah, and on top, I'm, I agree with all of that. I'll, the chemistry stuff falls by the wayside when you're not winning games. Like True. you go back to the six game win streak. This team is special, man, and, yeah. and and they they do have that type of bond. But we're not talking about that when they're trading wins and losses because we're trying to figure out why they're not playing well anymore. But I don't think that stuff went away. I think. Yes, I think all of the good players on this team, or the vast majority of them at least, bring something intangible, whether you want to talk about Dak or uh, what Amari does as, a, as more of a quiet leader, but still a leader. Parsons, the, the enthusiasm that he's injected into this team. Um, and then on top of that, I mean, I think about 2019, remember they started 3-0 and and just were never able to recapture that. But later on we were like, well, maybe that was fool's gold. Those three teams that they beat mm. sucked. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't feel that way about that. Like the body of work is much more impressive. They've won eight games. They've got one really, really looking impressive win, which would be New England. Yeah, um, we didn't think it was at the time. No, we didn't think it was yeah. that impressive. Not at all. But we it thought looks... they played under they like they underwhelmed to have to go into overtime against right. that team. But, uh, yeah. Oh, but, by the way, Jamar Chase, oh, yeah, you, you you can win rookie of the year. Is it Jamar Chase? Yeah, what oh, what oh, we talked oh, about oh, with Mac Jones. Throwing what three passes? Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I get it. That ain't when, his fault. That ain't his fault. Talk to his coach about that. Well, if he could throw better, he probably would well, throw more than The win was like... I, I get it. No, I, I understand yeah. that. But yeah, I, mean, I think Belichick just wanted to have some fun. I think he was trolling Sean McDermott. I mean, yeah. that, they're just going to stay kid brother forever. I, did you guys they? watch that yes. whole game? Because I, I couldn't get past no. halftime. I was like... I, 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 I watched Peyton Manning and Eli Manning. Yeah, I had I it on in... guest though last night, but anyway. No, they were. it was good last night. Aqib Tlaib lit it up in the third quarter, and Joe Buck was... Funny too, I have to say. Yeah, uh, yeah and Letterman. I mean, I guess that's. Oh, really? But I'm just not. A, I'm not a big. I don't know. Show I, guy. I, I honestly, I, I like them better than I like the. No, the I guess. I just. Oh, I, that's true. If we're being honest, Eli could take the night off, and I'll just listen to Peyton give his thoughts about it because he's uh, he's incredible. No, he, Actually, he I think Eli is the funniest part because I oh, love no, how man. he I love how he trolls Peyton. Uh, <laughs> Eli kind of plays into it. Yeah. Like Eli has bought into this whole thing and I think it works. It, it does. does. No, it, it absolutely I does. I respect him it, for it. It absolutely. does work and I like Eli Manning. Like I'm not one of these yeah. cowboy people that hates Eli Manning yeah. but I just love the way Peyton is type A and a perfectionist and one of the best to ever do what he did. And it pisses him off to watch people screw it up. <laughs> right. And it's just so funny. It is. Which is also why Eli is so funny, too. Because Eli is just kind of like, okay, settle down. It's, it's all right. Like, he, he has the exact opposite personality. The game, the game deciding play, Buffalo's got fourth and whatever on, like, the 25. If yeah. they, I mean, they score, they probably win. If they don't pick up the first down, it's over. And Peyton called it. He said what they were going to do. He's like, all right, you're looking for a post over the middle here. You got to bail out of the pocket. Like, you need to get, but he's like, you got to get back enough to have time to get the throw because they're coming. It's zero coverage. He lays it out beautifully. That's exactly what the Bills do. Allen does like an eight step drop and it's a double post and they just, he throws it behind the guy and the Pats bat it down. And Peyton looked like he was about to. Lose lose his, his mind, yeah, yeah. but because he knew exactly what to do and they still couldn't get it. But right. he actually called it on third down. He said, "You better get something short here to make fourth down manageable." And they didn't. They threw some almost hail mary to the end zone, which Josh Allen is a great athlete, by the way, to get yeah. out of that. But I'm, he's basically saying, "Hey, you got to play a shot ahead here. You, you got to get something here. Don't fourth and fourteen from the nineteen ain't gonna yeah. work. You got to get." Seven, eight yards. That's yeah. where Beasley's got to do a little bit more. And to be quite I mean, honest, or they got to use him more. Talking about just them on that cat. If they had one guest throughout the entire thing, and the rest of it was just Peyton and Eli talking about the game, I would probably tune in a lot more. Sometimes the guest, in my opinion, it just kind of derails it a yeah. bit, just because if the guest isn't really entertaining, then with the delay, it's just it's kind of all over the place. I'd rather just listen to Peyton. And you know, Eli hey, talk, you ever see you them know? just go over the over the guest? It's basically like, and Peyton mm-hmm. does it. He just goes right over the guest. Yeah, he's like, uh, you know, like d- double zone coverage here, Eli. Yeah. You know, like yeah. he, right. You know, he's just <laughs> no. like, all right, you're out of this one, Letterman. <laughs> that's we're right. talking ball, and right. that's <laughs> I, that's why I love him because he just he's he wants he's so dialed into a game that really he has no stakes in that yeah. he doesn't have time to like ask Letterman about his career. So the guests that are best are the guests that's just gonna fit into that, yeah. like Marshawn oh. Lynch. Like, give me a drop me an oh. f bomb. So and I just... didn't like Mickelson. Everyone else did, but I didn't like uh, that because he was just he just was peppering with questions like. 
I get it. You're prepared. That's awesome. But yeah. blah, blah. But I thought Eli said the funniest thing last night about all these designed runs and quarterback runs. He goes, I had two runs my whole career. <laughs> quarterback sneak and kneel down. Like, that was the end. <laughs> that was my only two runs. <laughs> Real Since we uh, got off the rails. Yeah, I, just, off the rails. I wanted to finish. My, oh, the, I had a point, too. I just, just wanted to finish right it. Now he's going to be killing all of us. In just Can we a take second. a break? <laughs> right. Go ahead. Okay. Just real. Just the, the point I wanted <laughs> to make is break, 2019, they beat nobody of consequence and yeah. then just traded. And every time they played a good team, they looked terrible. You know, they didn't score a touchdown in New England. They couldn't score a touchdown against Philly. I just think the body of work is so much better this year. Yep. Like they played Tampa to the brink. Even though they looked bad doing it, they were in that Chiefs game in the fourth quarter. So you played close against both Super Bowl teams. They've blown out a lot of current wild card content. I mean, mm-hmm. they comfortably beat the Saints. They destroyed the Falcons. They destroyed the Eagles. Are these good teams? No, but they're teams that are in the playoff race. Like these are not the Giants, uh, Dolphins, and whatever that other team was from 20. 20- I mean, they beat up on some of the worst teams in the league at the beginning of that Washington. year. Wash it. There we go. I just don't think that's what this season is. Yeah. I think if you look at the body of work, I trust that they're a pretty good team. And having a chance to get healthier and take some time off, I think they will play much better down the stretch. Not saying they go 5-0, and but I think they're going to play much better football these last five games. After the break, I have a point on something else I think that we're not, we never talk about, but I think it's a reason for the uh, pretty good leadership. All right, we're going to take our first break. Come back. We'll get that message from Nick. We'll do that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com Radio. At AT&T, everyone, new and existing customers, get our best deals on every smartphone. Why? Because you deserve it. For turning your living room into your office and your gym. For teaching grandma how to video call. And teaching her again. It's the button on your left, Nana. Okay, your other left. It's not complicated. Everyone deserves something new. So AT&T has given everyone, new and existing customers, our best deals with every unlimited plan on every smartphone, even the latest ones. AT&T may temporarily slow data speeds if the network is busy. Restrictions and exceptions may apply. Hi, I'm Clint Tillerson with... And I'm Jay Novacek. And we're both with... United United Ag and Turf. Turf. The official tractor provider of the Dallas Cowboys. So, if you need a tractor to bale some hay, a mower to cut some grass, or a gator to get some chores done, get a John Deere at United Ag and Turf. And then, let's get to work. Hey, Jay, that's my line. (laughs) Well, not today. Get to work with a John Deere tractor package that's just right for you and your budget. Visit UnitedAgandTurf.com. Before there was a draft, you could size up a cowboy by three simple factors. The crease in his hat, the bend of his brim, and his unbent attitude. A man Stetson didn't just protect him from what life threw at him, it projected a rugged, unstoppable spirit. Stetson hats are still American-made with pride right here in Texas. They're still the unofficial crown of all self-respecting cowboys, and Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Find a retailer nearest you at stetson.com cowboys. New Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. You deserve it. I do deserve that. You deserve decadent flavor without sugar. And a day at the beach without sand getting everywhere. And a relaxing bath that your children don't interrupt. I deserve all that? It's really just a visual metaphor for Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. Everything you want, nothing you don't. A visual metaphor on the radio. I do deserve that. Dr. Pepper Zero Sugar. The zero you deserve is finally here. Back to the break. Every Friday and Saturday at 6 p.m. through December 18th, you can join the Dallas Cowboys Christmas Extravaganza at the Star. Admission and parking are free. For more information, visit thestardistrict.com. Welcome back. Second segment of the break live from SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. Actually, if you get a chance to get out there for that event, it is a really cool event. Nothing gets you more in the Christmas spirit than something like uh, that. They got all kinds of really cool uh, things that are going on with music and dancing, and, and it's just a really, really great show. Great opportunity to take the kids out, get the kids out of the house to do something fun. So check that out Friday or Saturdays. <laughs> Uh, through December, was that December twenty? What, what was last? Uh, through the twentieth. Twentieth, right? Okay, Nick, you had a point you were going to make just before we went to break. What Sorry. is your point? Autocorrect could be funny. Stories gets autocorrected to steroids. I'm like, oh, oh. awesome. 
Don't do that. No, no, that a little bit different. Um, I would think I type stories way more than I type the word steroids, but maybe, maybe, maybe not. Uh, I was going to talk about the fact that you know with chemistry, and we we always say when we get coaches in here that are that are, oh he's been a head coach, he's been a head coach. They've got three that are head that have been head coaches: yeah. Philbin, uh, John Fossil, and of course Dan Quinn, and then. Uh, ben McAdoo is more of a consultant. He's obviously been a head coach for a little bit. So th- those guys right there. I think what we f- forget sometimes is – Did you what, say Quinn? I knew you said Didn't Quinn. I say Dan Quinn? I'm I'm sorry. Sorry. I thought he you did. did. Okay, I'm yeah, sorry. Quinn. So the, the, those four, you know, it's more than just having, like, you know, knowledge on all the positions. But when you're a head coach, you got to be a coach of everybody. And I hear Dan Quinn talk about the offense sometimes. I hear Kellen Moore talk about the defense. I hear John Fossil talk about all aspects of it. And I think when, when you see, you know, these guys, are they're getting coached that way. They're talking, you know, defensive backs, they're talking about the offense because – it's not a competition like that. We saw it at training camp. That they're not they're competing at camp, but they are an absolute team. And I think when you have head coaches that have, I mean, or assistant coaches who have been head coaches and kind of get that whole team aspect about this thing helps us, then I, I think it, it leads to that. So I don't want to I don't want to say that that's just the players. The coaches help as well with that. Yeah, you know, uh, to that same point, um, I think the other thing you have to notice is that. This team competes hard against one another when you have offense versus defense. We saw it in one of the videos we put up uh, earlier this year of when uh, Diggs was was up against, I think, Amari. Oh, yeah. And they were going hard at each other. And throughout did, training camp, we you had— we put that up? Did we? I thought we did. Uh, but but even during training camp, hard we not. saw when, when Diggs and, uh, and, and CD were going at each other pretty yeah. hard. It is a sign, of uh, to me, of good chemistry when you can go at each other really, really, really hard and after the play is over— you dap each other up. Like, there's still that connection that, yeah, we're going at each other really hard, and I'm going to beat you, and I'm going to talk bad to you, but you're still my brother. Like, we still are teammates, yeah. and I still and want you want the best of you. And that's not always what you see. Sometimes you can get frayed, uh, you know, feelings with that kind of stuff. They got the right kind of chemistry, but right kind of guys to be able to do that. Where else does that happen to? Where else in life do you argue with people nonstop, and at the end of the day, my brother. you love them? What? Me family, yeah, family, yeah. That's what that's what it is. Yeah. That's what family is. Yeah. I mean, if you if you you can argue with it, but that doesn't change what it, doesn't it really change anything, is. Anything, right? And so, and 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 some of the best battles in the history of of, of sports have probably been in the backyard with older brother, Absolutely. younger brother, yep. you know, that kind of stuff. So, but at the end of the day, it's family, and I think that they've created that. They've created a family atmosphere here. I think the ultimate sign of good chemistry is just implicitly trusting that the other phases of the team are not going to let you down and like they're not going to say that yeah but again like you know amari cooper goes against Diggs every day and sees what he offers and then during these games you see parsons doing what he's doing the defense getting what are they at like 20 takeaways now with five games left to play or whatever it is reliably doing that reliably holding opponents to manageable point totals the defense knows what the offense can do and even for we talked about this yesterday for all the flack we gave the special teams the first four or five weeks of the season they're holding their own in a big way right now i mean the contributions they're getting tony pollard got them back in that raiders game with his kick return so i think when you just trust that you don't have to do it yourself. And again, you're not going to go say that, but everybody's like, yeah, these guys got my back. They can get off the field and get us back out there or get the ball for the offense or we know that they're going to score 27 points. We're good as, you know, we know that in the back of our mind. I think that is the ultimate thing that helps chemistry is just that trust. All right, let's take a phone call. We got Rob out in Vegas. Rob, what up? Hey, guys, how you been? Hey, good, good to hear from you. It's been a minute. <laughs> I don't think we've talked to you since there's been a football team in Vegas. No. <laughs> yeah, wow. Okay. And that was a that was a tough Thanksgiving I had to deal with. <laughs> oh, I bet. Sorry about that. <laughs> you know, it's funny how this team is now the defense is blue collar and the offense is white collar. And I as a fan and I'm sure other fans, you know, when Dak got hurt last year and came back, my biggest concern was was he gonna change his playing style? And he has, and that's hurting this team. Because I love Dak. You know, every year he's gotten better throwing the ball, but he's still not Brady or Aaron Rodgers. But when you combine his legs, that's what makes him, in my eyes, a top-five quarterback. But I noticed, he, you know, there's no more read option. They don't, they don't even have that in the offense at all. And down by the goal line, that was almost unstoppable when he would just keep it. They don't use that. 
And I, I just, I'm just afraid that unless he starts playing more reckless, which I know we, we say, well, we don't want him to be reckless. We don't want him to take those hits because he may get hurt. But, you know, I don't look at it like that because at the end of the day, if he doesn't play like that, we're not going to beat the Green Bays or the Tampa Bays. So what's the difference? Because to me, it's all about winning a Super Bowl. All right, I Rob. See, oh, I'm sorry. I just, I just want to see Dak get a little more reckless, and it just, I think it gets this offense really going. I mean, his stat, I think when he runs over 30 yards, I think they only lost one game. Okay. Well, thanks for the call. Um, you know something that's interesting about that point, and actually uh, Jerry was talking about this morning on, on 105 After the Fan, he was talking about um, the offense and kind of how the play calling is going. One thing he said that I thought was really interesting was he said, you know, we've got stuff that we – put into the offense or we put into our playbook back in training camp that we specifically were holding until this part of the year, until December, until January, because you want your offense to kind of evolve over time. You don't want to be doing the same things you were doing in September in December. And it made me wonder there for a second, although this question was not necessarily about Dak, it made me wonder if they were like, you know, we want to mitigate the risk with Dak. And mitigating the risk means September, October, November, we're going to be very judicious in how we use him and in the run game, December, January, that's where we might see a little bit more of that. Now, that all remains to be seen. Who knows what they're going to do? What do you guys think, first of all, from the standpoint of what Rob is talking about, mm-hmm. of Dak taking himself or them taking Dak out of the running game? And then number two, about the possibility of maybe that being something that they use more as they go down the stretch. You want to go first? He's not wrong. He's not wrong. We talked about it yesterday. Yeah. He's not wrong. But, I mean, it, it's a very it, – it's a slippery slope for sure when you're dealing with – you know this franchise quarterback who got hurt last year and the and the season was pretty much over after that happened it, it was going to be an uphill battle anyways and they just couldn't do it uh without him and so he he it's a you know he's got to make business decisions that's what it is it's a, and and sometimes he'll do you run think he's making or you think the team no, I think he makes them I think okay. we see him I think we we see him it's not because some of the his best runs aren't necessarily supposed to be runs but He's making them. I don't think he, he's running. You don't, you as don't much. think someone is telling him we don't want you to run okay. as much. Like that's what I'm trying to figure out. Is do you think this well, is Dak just where was that person, afraid to do that? Where or was not that wanting person to do it? in the Falcons game when he just ran over someone to get to the 40th point? You know what I mean? Like yeah. that that person's not not telling him to do that. That that person told him after the game, don't do that again. And yeah, he was like. I had to show him. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, even if they tell him, you're right, yeah. Dak's still going to do it, what he thinks yeah, is best we, to win the game. We've seen enough things yeah. where he does what he what he does. I, I just I, He's got to be – he even said it in the offseason. i got to be smart about it, and that's what we're seeing. And it's it's not – I mean, I sort of agree with Rob that he's, to be Dak, to be what he is, he's going to have to play reckless, and you, you can't worry about it even though – I still worry about it when I see him running on that side of the field. I was like, oh, I don't like that. And so if I'm thinking about it and it didn't affect me, he probably is too. Here's the funny thing. I looked this up while y'all have been talking. Sorry. No, I, no, it helped me get my numbers right. And But it's it's funny. It makes it sound like, and I, I know that's not what y'all mean, but like this whole conversation makes it sound like Lamar Jackson has suddenly decided to stop running. Right. Dak's uh, average in 2019, the last year he was healthy, he carried the ball 3.2 times per game for about 17 yards. That's what we're talking about. Three scrambles for two first downs a game. Right now, he's averaging 2.7 a game for eight yards. So roughly the same amount of attempts for about half the yardage. But that's, that's what I love about football is 17 yards a game two of those three runs could be for crucial first downs or especially in the red zone where the field is so condensed if you pull the ball and get two yards and give yourself four new downs you just greatly increase your chance of scoring or in goal situation get a touchdown well and the the other funny thing so Dak scored six touchdowns a year his first three years his best year as a runner ever was 2017, and I don't think it's a coincidence that that's when he had the worst receiving core of his career. Absolutely, yeah, right. you know, guys that couldn't get open, and he's got to improvise a lot more. But um, in 2019, he only had three touchdowns. Well, he'd have three touchdowns right now if he hadn't, in my opinion, gotten robbed of two QB sneaks earlier in the season. So, again, that's what makes football so funny is if two other plays go the wrong way, you're like, 
or the uh, the right way, excuse me. It's like, damn, he's run 32 times for 95 yards and three touchdowns. That ain't bad for a guy that's trying to do less. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I don't think it's drastic, but I do think there needs to be more an element of that. I, I mean, in theory, I agree with Rob and Nick. I just don't think it's as drastic as that. I think there needs to be two more occasions per game where he's willing to tuck and get six yards and slide or whatever. Um, I don't think you need to reinvent the wheel here. Again, we're talking about the difference between 17 yards a game and eight yards a game. Like, it's not this drastic thing. But I do think they need to be more mindful of that. So while Dave was talking, I did a little research. There we go. Research we're helping too. each other. Yeah. There we go. Um, and how many times in his career do you think he's rushed for six times or more, six attempts or more? I bet it would be a lot less than most people think. What do you think? I mean, because I was six rushes in a game. Uh, maybe Three? I don't know. Three games in his career? I don't think that's a normal thing. Six six rushes 18. seems like a lot. I was okay. 18? I was gonna I was gonna say twelve. So I'm games. a little low. He he rushes that I didn't realize I mean, he rushed that many times in a game. I mean, you know, and he's played. How many of those came in that season of two thousand seventeen? I'm say know. I'm thinking that's probably most of them. I you know it's fun. I, I bet two, that number has because he hasn't done that all season this 18, year. 18, 21, and this is the year. 18, 21, 16, 16, 16, 18, 19, 16, 17, 17, 17, 18, 18, 18, 18, 19, 20. That's his 18 games where he's had where he's had six rushes or more. Sounds like 18 and 16 were the two predominant years. Record? Hmm? Four, 14 and 4. Mm-hmm. And when it's 7 or more, it's like it's 6 and 0, oh, 7 yeah. and 0. Oh. So, I mean, that's those numbers can be a little misleading. I get it, but I mean, you know, that's when he's running, when he's doing his thing, you know, it's 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 probably it's better. Um and only one of those games, he he rushed nine times in in twenty twenty one. Yeah, year. but again, like that that oh, goes to Philly your point game? of that goes to your point of it can be misleading. He ran nine times for six yards in that game. I mean, it's not like yeah. he was gashing the Eagles. And also, the you know, I also wonder how many times. How's that possible? Because if it's a run and it's if it's a run and he gets tackled he behind the scrimmage, I bet he I bet he had one. Scramble for no, no. I bet he had one for like eighteen yards, and then that offset a bunch of one and two yard losses. If I had to guess, I'd I'd have to go back and look. All right. Well, I mean, I don't know. I I just I feel like when it comes down to running, I think the smarter thing when you've got receiver receivers and running backs and tight ends, the caliber of the ones on this team, I think the smart thing is to say, Dak, let your skill guys do the work, and and but that doesn't mean you shouldn't find opportunities. I just think, and I would, I really want to see what happens in December and January. If in December and January we start seeing a little bit more of that, then I think that was a very smart move not to do it early in the season. That gives you one other wrinkle you can add in in the time of the year when you really need to do something a little different to, to mix it up. I don't want to see Dak carrying the ball six or more times a game unless it's some weird circumstance, to be honest with you. But this goes back to, and I always try to listen to what he says, because you can kind of parse out some kernels of truth if you go between the QB speak. And he said it after the Saints game. He's like, that's probably me being a little bit greedy. And he was talking about one specific play, but I think it pertains to a lot of their issues. And the things that you can he, – he was talking about operating within the flow of the offense, taking it play by play. Perfect example. And I'm not talking about one specific play, but you see this in football all the time. Josh Allen did it last night. You break contain, the play's kind of breaking down, you bolt to the sideline, guy's in pursuit, but you're athletic enough to get the corner on him. Do you take your three or four yards and take it to third and six, or do you try to fire to C.D. Lamb bolting toward the sideline and get 18 right there? Dak can make that play. I'm not. He can make that play, and he should have trust in himself, but maybe the smarter, more efficient play is like third and six, and then we've got so many other concepts that are easier to get. And I think that element's been missing from this offense. I think a lot of times over the last month, I think they've been trying to dial up the touchdown play every time they snap the ball. And it's awesome when it works, but it's tough to do that on a consistent yeah. basis in the NFL. And that's that's an interesting thing because even when you see it open sometimes, you, you see, well, I think I can fit it in there. Yeah. Just the percentage chance of completing that play, though, is lesser and, in uh, a situation where you might want to take the lesser. You don't have to complete the play. It's That's why when they say 50-50 balls, I mean, Derek Carr throwing it up on Anthony Brown, it wasn't a 50-50. It was an 80-20 that you're going to get the ball there, regardless if it's a catch or not. The flag might be there. So that's why I do. 
do maybe. think they well maybe, but I do think they need to they, they need they to throw the ball the up a little bit more yeah. because we're seeing that happen a lot. A lot. It's just tough. to Well, cover. but you know something. I don't know. If, and we're going to get way off the tracks here, but I don't know if we're seeing that a lot in every game. We saw it a lot in the game where the Cowboys played the Raiders. We were just I was just watching a game yesterday or Sunday where the exact it was a very similar play to what happened in the Cowboys Raiders game, and there was no call. Like literally, you saw the guy tugging the jersey. Oh, that was the Raiders. And yeah, you, yeah. You see the guy tugging the jersey, and you're like. That would have been a call that week, and that's my whole problem with all of the ref. If you're going to do something consistently, every time the same way, then hey, it is what it is. But when you got such drastic differences between in this game it's a penalty, in this game it's not. Yeah. And I know it's different different referees, but weird. it's just it's just really frustrating as a fan to watch that. That was all a right. weird play. But I'm going to say one more thing. You, you, I don't I don't know if I even agree with 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 you saying Jerry saying we're holding some plays back and all that. The only thing I could think of is, okay, what if Seattle's doing that? Every team is doing that, I think. Well, what if Seattle's like, Russ, we're not going to call all the plays right now. We're going to wait till the end of the season. And he's like, cool, now I'm 3-8. and eight. Like, No, but, but I, I, think you, I think you're missing the point. I think the maybe. point is, when you look at the offense, I think it is a, an evolving thing over the season. There are some things you do early in the season. As it progresses, you know teams are game planning you. It's like your idea okay. of, of the flea flicker, right? You do it because you're setting up other things. So my point is, like, there are things you do early in the season that are setting up things for later in the season. And you don't want to show those things until you get later in the season because that gives you something that, that you know teams are going to be keying on that you now can take advantage of. That's the point. Better not be better than what I've been running because, I mean, I mean I'm mean, i saying don't save all the good stuff to the end if, it, if the end doesn't matter. It's not better stuff. It's just different stuff. Okay. It's just things that you can do to take advantage of other things that you've been all doing right, earlier, be, I think. Okay. I, I agree with you, but, I mean. It, I don't think I don't think they got some golden play that they're like, we are not running this until the Super Bowl. Like that's a bad idea. I don't just, think that's the point. Uh, okay, I, I think I just don't. Maybe I don't understand that. This stuff. is such a hypothetical argument. I mean, well, yeah, it's about who saves money and who doesn't. I mean, you know what I mean. So it's like just spend it now. I got it. You know what I mean. Like, I got the money. I'll go with it as opposed to you know. I mean, it's just that just seems weird to me to just kind of wait till later in the season when you don't know how the season's going to go. Yeah, but I also th- I think the the teams that do really well they have the ability to keep building on that. If you're three and eight. Then you're emptying. You're emptying because the stuff that worked earlier isn't working. So guess what? You, you, you've already you've got already it, done all that stuff because you're trying to figure out how to get a win, right? With with the amount with the amount that Mike McCarthy talks about self scouting and being aware of your own tendencies, I and I would like to think, but I also trust that Kellen Moore is going to keep an eye on that and. The Cowboys' offense is going to look basically the same what we've always seen, but it's about throwing in wrinkles, right? And right. if you can find ways to take advantage of that, this is just an easy example. Dak hasn't run QB keeper off an option read all year. Mm-hmm. If you think that that's there for you against one specific look where one team's really crashing on it, yep. then you should do it. Not to say you're going to start running read option in every game, right? but again, it's like, man— Montez Sweat is so aggressive. He's had so much success doing that, crashing inside on this play. That's how you find a 25-yard gain for right. Dak and with minimal risk. It's it's stuff like that. And, yeah, I would like to think we'll see maybe Some not that. that exact scenario, but those types of things where you can build on your own tendencies to take advantage of people. All right, we're going to take our final break. We're going to come back. We're going to get some more phone calls. we got Nigel holding on the line. We'll get to him as soon as we get back. This is DallasCowboys.com radio. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black? Right now, you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks. Free shipping! At AT AT&T, everyone, new and existing customers, get our best deals on every smartphone. Why? Because you deserve it. For turning your living room into your office and your gym. For teaching grandma how to video call. And teaching her again. It's the button on your left, Nana. Okay, your other left. It's not complicated. Everyone deserves something new. So AT&T has given everyone, new and existing customers, our best deals with every unlimited plan on every smartphone, even the latest ones. AT&T may temporarily slow data speeds if the network is busy. Restrictions and exceptions may apply. Hi, I'm Clint Tillerson with... And I'm Jay Novacek. And we're both with... United United Ag and Turf. Turf. 
the official tractor provider of the Dallas Cowboys. So, if you need a tractor to bale some hay, a mower to cut some grass, or a gator to get some chores done, get a John Deere at United Ag and Turf. And then, let's get to work. Hey, Jay, that's my line. (laughs) Well, not today. Get to work with a John Deere tractor package that's just right for you and your budget. Visit UnitedAgandTurf.com. Before there was a draft, you could size up a cowboy by three simple factors. The crease in his hat, the bend of his brim, and his unbending attitude. A man Stetson didn't just protect him from what life threw at him. It projected a rugged, unstoppable spirit. Stetson hats are still American-made with pride right here in Texas. They're still the unofficial crown of all self-respecting cowboys. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Find a retailer nearest you at stetson.com cowboys. Back to the break. This holiday season, visit the Star to get your photo with Santa, presented by Monument Realty. Santa Claus will be at his Cowboys-themed cottage in the Star District across from Ascension on the Star Boulevard from November 26th through December 24th. This just slows me down. Mm. For more information and to book now, visit thestardistrict.com slash Santa. Welcome back. I'm Final sing segment it. of the break. One of these days, I'm just going to sing this song. I'm what gonna, song? I'm going to sing one of these reads one of these days, you know? I want to see how that goes. Do you want to do it now? No. I'll wait. I'll wait a little bit. And work on it? Yeah. All right. It's probably the best day to do it, though. Why? Because you don't want to have to see that young lady sitting across oh, from she'll, you. Oh, yeah, she'll spit, and <laughs> she'll be like, I'm terrible. Yeah. yeah. All right. And it will be. It'll be terrible All if right. I sing one of these reads, but I'm all right. We're in our final segment of the break live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. We haven't gotten through half of our rundown for today because uh, you guys talk so much. But one of these days, you'll believe me. Like we'll be fine. We well, talk. I went to Dave's office yesterday. I was like, man, Derek's, you got some all, ideas. Derek's always like, dude, where are we going to talk, talk about? about? Dave has an office. Well, Good point. I'm sorry. Dave's, you don't call his cubicle an office? No, I don't. Office? <laughs> Dave's corner I, of the room. I don't. I, if, if Dave could close his door, which he can't. Okay. Which, Dave's he's cubby the, hole. He's the perfect person for it because it's it's like. I mean, what if we turn my office into like the break room and we all sit in there together? Chris, is this recording? I'm good. Yeah, you is. want that? You, I think you would hate that. Turn it into the break room. Your yeah. office? Yeah. Cool. We'd all work in there every day. I all would together. love to see your reaction yeah. to that. Why? You project this easygoing demeanor on the show. Like if eight people just showed up in your office, your eyes would <laughs> yeah. bug out. And no, no, like, no. Not unexpected. I'm, like, I'm saying like, if we all knew all this is what here. we're going to do, we're just going to make this our and office. You just and don't, we just gotta... you just don't have a quiet place where you can go ever. And I, you no, you're upstairs? not. If I spent the days with, day with you guys, no, I'd, be, I'd be happy with that. No, you wouldn't. You don't think? No. I would love that. No, Fans, you... if you're listening right right now, don't believe in the lies. Okay? <laughs> no, seriously. Don't believe in this I would crap. enjoy hanging out with you guys all day. No, okay. you wouldn't. We're going to go in there and we're going to smoke a cigarette or whatever. Well, who's saying anything about smoking? Like, well, honestly, what if the break room is? <laughs> Both of y'all are kind of similar. Like, when y'all want to come out and socialize, it's everybody's happy and there can be all the noise in the world. But when y'all are trying to focus on something, it better be quiet as a church in the office. Not true. Isn't that everybody, though? Not Isn't true. that kind of everybody? Yeah. That happens all I the time. I just close my door because I have calls, and I'm oh. loud. I I'm close my door because I'm tired of hearing it. Yeah, I'm extremely loud, and I know that I, that bothers everybody else when I get loud on a phone call. So. I, I don't know what I – really, I, I feed off of other people's energy. Like, I like to watch football at bars. I like for there to be a little bit of background noise in the office. Oh, yeah, you said that – remember when we were in Kansas City? You said that it was kind of surprising. What? We were we were like um, we worked together in Kansas City. We were kind of after the game. We didn't go. We didn't. Fly oh back yeah, to the charter after the game. And so we were like, yeah, we're in the lobby, and I mean, there's this like group of people that just weren't leaving the hotel. I mean, it was just they're playing the football and what thrown around. It was like a family of thirty, and and it was just kind of like you know. Wait, they're playing football in the lobby. I, they were kids playing. You know, okay. I don't know what was going on. We were waiting for seven Ubers or I don't know, but um, <laughs> and I said something, you know, and Dave and Dave was like, uh-huh, I like it. I like the background noise. I'm just like, okay. After the and Charger game, I was I was the last person that stayed after the Charger game. I took a red eye. So I got back to the hotel after the game at like probably 530. And I was like, okay, my flight's not till midnight. I got all the time in the world to kill. I put my laptop just like it is right now at the hotel bar, ordered a burger and a uh, beverage. And I sat there and watched the games and worked for two and a half hours. It was great. So came up, chatted with a few people. I think Clarence Hill was there. We kind of talked about the game. I just, yeah, I don't know. I like other people's energy gives me energy. If I'm just hmm. left to my own devices, 
probably fall asleep we or something. Were, we were in Kansas City to tell a story. People say they like to hear stories. Yeah. We were in Kansas City. <laughs> Tuesday's just the yeah, that's what we do. Tuesday's so, the no structure show. So we're we're in Kansas City watching the like the Chargers and the Steelers, I believe, and you know, the in the hotel lounge bar. It's, it wasn't really a bar, it was more like a lounge area and a lobby. And uh, we're there, and, and we were talking to some people. And there, were, there were a few guys here. They were like ready to have some fun, and they were kind of they were in. I think they had been in Jerry Sweet because it was sort of some Arkansas ties. They were there and with Jerry Sweet earlier in the day, and they were going to stay for their Arkansas basketball games, and they were kind of you know having fun. And then you know, Dave and I are sitting there watching the game, and then this guy comes up to us and goes, "Do you guys do pictures?" <laughs> like, oh yeah, we're do like pictures. As sure. they take them with yeah. you. Yeah. Sure. And he's like, I love what you guys do and all that. And these other guys are just like, you know, they're, they're trying to be like, we were in Jerry Spring, blah, blah, blah. You know, like, cool. Awesome. That's that's great. And then they look over and they're like, what is going on here? Like, who are y'all? Like, we stood up. This guy's wife takes the picture. He's like, I'm so, you know, I love what you guys do, which we really appreciate yeah, that. Absolutely. But this guy, these two guys over here did not know how to handle that. Yeah, they, they thought they were the most important people in the <laughs> yeah. room. Yeah. Did they ever come over to you guys and get News that uncomfortable? Flash. Like, who are you guys? Yeah. That's I, that was maybe that the happens. first time that's ever happened. Because you, like... I mean, I'm not out getting stopped every day of my life, but right. if I'm in a Cowboys atmosphere, like right. if I'm at the team hotel or at a game, I'm yeah. used to that. Like yeah. that's common. Yeah. Training and camp. Yeah, training sure. camp, definitely. Yeah. Um, so normally when I'm in that setting, it makes sense. People are like, oh, you're right. somehow affiliated with the team or, or whatever. So – no, that doesn't happen I, to me. But often. when it happens when you're not in that environment, that's Honestly, when people are kind of looking I, at you like, I, I, who are you? Like, I, well, are you somebody I should know? Yeah. I have friends that listen to this show, and they'll tell you, like, it, it'll happen to me, like, out at bars. Or one time, I, I, hope, I hope this guy's listening because it was hilarious. Like, this was before COVID, but, like, we were all hopping in an Uber. We were going to brunch in the off season, and the car pulls up, and I just, I like sitting up front. So I just naturally go to get in the front seat of this guy's car, and he's like, "Yeah, Dave, sit up here with me. We're going to talk about the Cowboys." Did you freak out? I not really. I was oh, well, just he like, said the Cowboys." Yeah, so. yeah. yeah. Okay. I was, I was like, "Oh, hey, what's up?" And like, I, I had some friends that had never seen that happen before, yeah. and they gave me grief about it for the rest of the day. They're yeah. just like, "Who the hell are you?" Like, we knew what, <laughs> what you did, doing? but yeah. Well, I, I mean, Mickey. nothing's better than than getting pulled over and the cop just basically leaning into your window for about fifteen minutes talking to you about. You know what they should do with the running game and whatever cars like going eighty miles, but you know he's on the right side, just like talking, whatever. And it's like, all right, slow it down. See you later. Okay. As bye. long as that doesn't end in a ticket, it's oh, good. it didn't. It's and great. I was just like, cool, all day. But but I'll say this too, and I know we're way off in the weeds here. It's fine. I we'll I just do, do an extra fifteen. Minutes. I do love it when that happens. Yeah. And and it's not for the reason you you would kind of think. Because it is kind of embarrassing. It yeah, is. It, it is, is a little it's, bit. It's very embarrassing. It's embarrassing yeah. because you just know that you're not, you know, like a training camp and like sign this and you're, hey, can I get a picture? And you feel weird. It feels awkward. But I, I will tell you what, why I do like it. It's because you guys know my moods can kind of go up and down a little bit. <laughs> a little bit. Uh, hey, once in a while. Just really? tad. Just tad. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no. Beam. Here comes Don't me. even start a pot and kettle over there. You, you don't even start. But anyways. <laughs> My moods can go up and down. When I see when when I hear that, it it is a reality check of what we're doing and why we're doing it, and and the fans that are out there, and it 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 kind of brings you back to like you got a really good job. Whatever yeah. whatever you're worried about, whatever the issue is, yeah, it'll be all right. It always will be all right. It it's a huge reality check for me. It's like wow, this is this is a big deal. You know what I mean? Like we. Yeah. I'd have 25 followers on Twitter if I didn't work for the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. I think you still know? have the same opinions, right? But you'd have 25 <laughs> right. followers, right? You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. it's true, and 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 we don't, and we, we know why we, we have what we have, and I mean, I mean, I don't have balloons for a hundred thousand, but um, <laughs> it's not my know. fault. Yeah, wow. talk out. about embarrassing. That's embarrassing. Wow. That embarrassed that kind of day. It stood up there for four days. <laughs> no, I'm scared. It was like no, that's oh, the, that's but that's, that's yeah. I remember when you started, like you switched Twitter accounts. You didn't have any followers. And yeah, I mean, started they, from zero. Yeah, he tweets a little bit. Hey, like he'll spend some say, time out there. To say if I to say that I'm moody, as much as Clarence, but he's, he gets out there. Oh, he'll Clarence, spend some time out there. Muted. <laughs> he'll spend some time out there. All right, real quick before we end the show, we do have to get a call from Nigel. He's been I'm holding. Sorry, Nigel. Oh, yeah, Nigel in Nigel in Arizona. Nigel, what up, man? As the world turns, right. <laughs> How you doing, man? 
I'm great, man. As the world turns with Nick's life, man, you're killing me. <laughs> anyway, I don't watch I that so much. I got a couple things. I got a session, and my clients are waiting, but I've been waiting patiently wow. because <laughs> Nick supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. That's me, man. I'm the guy who did that. Anyways, um, <laughs> you brought it up there. <laughs> So I heard him saying he wants to sing, and, you know, if you need help with uh, that, I'll bring you in my studio. Okay. I'm okay. connecting the but, dots uh, now. Yeah, there you go, buddy. Um, offensive line. Bill Callahan, man. I think we were at our peak when we had him. I'm kind of bummed he's gone. It seems everywhere he's gone, he's he's been so successful. And what I'm not seeing is the tenacity, man, in our offensive line. I'm not seeing the push. Our tight ends aren't holding blocks. I'd like you to touch on that and the other thing before I got to go. I love you guys. But what in God's name are we doing putting Zeke on an empty backfield out as a wide receiver when we all know Tony Pollard is a beast out there? Thanks, guys. Love you. Let's kick the you-know-what out of the WFT. Thanks for taking my call. Appreciate the call. I'm really happy he, and we can get to the offensive line, but I'm really happy he brought that up. Because we can talk about Dak and the receivers and the offensive line. Kellamore is part of this too. And oh my God, I was so pissed off when they, they lined Zeke up out wide on a third down and threw yeah. him a slant. a slant. Yeah. And he, like, Zeke, he has shown his hands this year. Still, what are we doing? Yeah, there's literally three Pro Bowl caliber receivers on this team, and another two that I would still I would want Malik Turner doing that before Zeke Elliott. That drove me nuts. Well, in all fairness, you do have to point out the fact that when you get Dak, I mean, I'm sorry, when you get Zeke out there running that slant, his matchup is going to be better. He's probably going to have a linebacker, which is a better matchup than a wide receiver who would have a defensive back. So that does matter a bit. I think the point that that um, Nigel was making. I think that's a valid point. Who do you want running that slant between yes. De- Zeke and, and Pollard? I mean, Pollard. Pollard, 100 times out of 100, he played some receiver in college. Right. I, I, I still don't care, by the way. <laughs> you don't care about the matchup. I don't. When was this play? Was It, it, it had was, to be late in the fourth quarter. It was. I remember yeah. it. I remember it vividly because when it happened, I was like, yeah, "That's what I you must come have up been with? like down." Going, it was. It was down. during that stretch. I felt like there was a stretch there, and yeah, like. That's part of the thing fans don't see too is like we got to get down to the field and also in the new nice stadiums there's a TV on every wall yeah. where you can kind of keep track of everything the dome <laughs> we were watching on Derek's phone in the tunnels while yeah. we were trying to get out to the field I know this is your home city but that's no, a dump it's, that is a dump it is now the if not the worst than the second worst stadium in the league yeah. I mean it holds it's a special place back. in my heart yeah yeah uh, FedEx is my least favorite yeah and that's probably because right. I have a nostalgic tie to the dome but it's not a nice building to do the same thing to me uh, yeah. uh at you least remember you when can the, see what's you remember happening when fedex ha- uh, like hosted the super bowl though i don't no i don't <laughs> <laughs> at least this place I mean, and it's also about the atmosphere yeah. Outside. Yeah. and by the way you got the you got the city right that's the part that makes new orleans I always always when you can actually go I always outside. hate about that you got to get down there and you can't miss that especially if, you know for us we got to interview guys right after the game but like you're always afraid you're gonna miss that and, yeah. and one time i did miss the game-changing play one time, it was the Cowboys and Giants. I forgot the year, 2015. Two times. Because I got another one for you. Oh, man, maybe. but I, it was, Go ahead. Uh, but I, I just remember the Cowboys were down seven. They drove. They scored with about three minutes to go. Tied the game. We were about to go on the field. I was like, I'm going to go to the restroom like, real quick. All I'm going to do is miss the kickoff. And you just hear this crowd, and you're like, this doesn't seem like a – 30-yard return. This, <laughs> this is still going. This seems like a, you know, and I, I, I get out. I was like, yeah. Dwayne Harris just went 100 oh, yards. Oh, the Giants game. The yeah. Giants game. I'm like, oh, okay. And, and I, so I missed it. What was, what was the other play? Texas Stadium, Santana Moss. We both were going oh, in the elevator, yeah. elevator and missed right. that. The Cowboys were up 14-3? 13 13-0. 13-0. And then right back-to-back, he goes, bam, big play, touchdown. Bam! Big play touchdown, and we—I think we missed both of them. I know we missed one. Yeah, I do. But we may have missed now. both of those, and and we got down the field. And we're like, what? They're 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 losing, and it just like you know, when you're in that elevator, you never know what's gonna you happen. When did when did that happen? I can't find it. What the the um Washington game? No, the Harris. Zeke. Oh. No, the Zeke incompletion. I don't know. 
I don't know. I, I remember. remember I remember the play after. vividly. I, I do I don't too. remember what I just, what part of the game it was in. I just I, remember. It. I remember watching it and thinking that's an odd call. I pulled a real Mickey and said, "I was like, no." What are we doing? Anyway. Um, he loves to tell Rob things in the middle of the game. Like, he just passes you and just tells Rob something that that's, happened. Oh, that's his guy. And, and Rob's like, okay. <laughs> yeah, that look. That look Rob's like, like oh, okay, man. Me, me and, me and <laughs> Mick I'm trying to write a, this. Leave me alone. We have a good relationship, but that's his guy. Yeah. Um, the offensive line, I mean, I, he, this is what he was asking about. And I think we have t- uh, touched on it. It is not the same. Is I mean I don't know if Bill Callahan would be the answer. I mean he's always been good wherever he's been, but um, you know, he's got a job too. So I mean like it's it's worked out for him. But you're right. I mean it's not the same. These guys are not, you know they they're just not as aggressive. What was the other was another caller that said this? It's a blue collar defense and a white Rob. collar offense. Yeah, and white collar offense. And that's part of what's going on with the offensive line. This, Which is it's frustrating because they were mauling people. I mean, they were running for 200 yards a game for a solid month. I mean, that's not white collar to me. But over the that's last true. over the last couple of games, do you think maybe it's the fact that I mean, we talked about the offensive line coach not being there. Like literally, you got your you got another yeah. coach having to come over and touch and coach the the the, the, the yeah. offensive line. And by the way, as you said, it's not so much the preparation; it is the in game adjustments. So those things, if if you're not adjusting to what the other team is doing throughout the game as well. Then you would expect they're not going to be yeah. as good as they've maybe been so, earlier in and the season. Someone told me this just uh, just the other day that the, the Saints are the worst team you could face when you don't mm-hmm. have your offensive line. Just the way they play on their, their and fronts, there. Cal- they're and very good up front. Yeah, I mean, Kellen Moore said that yesterday. He was like, "The Saints have been great against the run for years at this point. Yeah. I mean, from maybe marking around the time Cam Jordan got there." They've just been awesome at it more often than not. So, I mean, that's worth considering. But this is a problem that stems for five weeks now. Yeah, like, it's I don't not just them. like. I mean, they didn't even run the ball that well against Atlanta, did they? Am I? Well, they didn't have to. Well, I know, I know, <laughs> really but no, not really. I mean, yeah. Zeke's numbers have gone yeah, they've down. They've been they've been having some. They've been they've been not as productive in the run game for five weeks. I don't think he's had a hundred yard game in like eight weeks. Since yeah. maybe the Giants, yeah, the Giants mm. game, I think. Which it's injuries. I don't, yeah. I don't have a great answer. I, but then it's it kind of goes back to what we were saying about Dak and the receivers. You think of you just, there's just little snapshots. Like the one that's in my head right now is can't believe this happened to somebody of Tyron Smith's caliber. Like he fires off into a double team to help Connor McGovern out and just lets the end run free and the play gets blown up. And mm-hmm. Tyron Smith was like, "Yeah, I just can't." make errors like that it's like yeah i'm not used to seeing you make errors like that and so on top of the injuries on top of not having as much consistency or talent as they did back when bill callahan was here just the whole thing's off sync like the whole the whole they're just like three degrees west of where they need to be just everybody on the offense they better figure it out this time of year when you need to figure it out Uh, yeah they they gotta figure it out because if you go into the playoffs without a running game you're gonna have a hard time against these teams. You got I'm, this. I'm, I could be setting myself up for colossal disappointment because in my head, I'm between the injuries and then the chance to just sort of breathe. And I do think this is important. Like during that stretch where you're playing three games in twelve days, like you're on to the next opponent before mm-hmm. that game's even done. You're not you fixing know? a uh-uh. lot. Yeah. Given five or six days to sort of breathe and self scout and reassess. I'm really hoping that fixes it, and if yeah. it doesn't, that's a good point. I'm I'm all out of answers if they go up to Washington and don't. Eat. I mean, winning and losing is one thing, but if they don't even look like the offense that we've gotten used to, then I don't know what to say. Yeah. All right, we appreciate you guys joining us. We went a little long today, but it was worth it. Some good stories. We appreciate you guys joining us. We'll be back tomorrow. We'll start getting into uh, the next game: Cowboys versus Washington Football Team. Till then, for Nick Eatman and Dave Hellman, I am Derek Eagleton. This has been the break live on DallasCowboys.com. Radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!